Right. So I've been reading some in Psalm, as you probably can tell. Today is going to be a day of Psalms. Now, turn back with me to Psalm, but not 25. Turn with me to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. All right. Again, I repeat that we have been teaching on the perseverance and preservation of the saints, though I may not have used that term yet, but that is what we've been preaching on, the fact that in John 10, we have the Lord himself saying that none can pluck us out of his hand. Then he added, just to add if there could be any more security than that, he says, my father gave them to me, and none can pluck them out of my father's hand. Preserve me, O God. Psalm 16, verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Now, when I was a kid, my mom and dad used to do what they called preserving vegetables and all kinds of things. My dad would even can mullet to preserve it. He would go through a process that would stop any bacteria from affecting the product. David says, Preserve me, O God, for I put my trust in Thee. In Thee do I put my trust. Mm -hmm. What was that process? Well, I'm not a canner, even though I've seen it done enough times that I think I could do it. But one of the things is to sterilize the vessel in which the product will be stored. I know Brother Chuck and Sister Larry, they do some canning, don't you, Sister Gloria? You have to sterilize the vessel in which the product is going to be stored. Think about that this morning. When God saved you, the Bible declares that He quickened you or He brought you from death, which is a separation. He brought you from death unto life or He brought you from your natural separation from God to an unnatural union with Him. Now we've said before and we've taught here many times that when God saves you, he instills, He imputes, He puts in your mind and heart the Holy Spirit of God. He literally dwells within you. Now, there's a separation there between flesh and spirit. In other words, this mindset and heart that you've had your whole life because you were born with a fallen, sinful nature, it still exists within you, doesn't it? Absolutely. It declares war against this spiritual man every day, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's why Paul teaches us about the necessary armor to fight this battle every day. He tells us to put on the whole armor of God over in Ephesians 6 and he explains what they are. One of the main things is items of armor is a shield of faith. A shield of faith. Do you believe in Jesus Christ this morning as your Savior? Do you trust in the biblical fact that God sent His Son to live the life that you failed to live, lived it for you, and then voluntarily gave it up 
that you might pass from this separation from God to this wonderful union with Him, from death to life. What did David say? Preserve me, O God, for in Thee I do trust. I have the faith that God gave me when He quickened my heart and saved my soul. Was my soul as good as saved all of my life? Absolutely, because God's in control. He's always loved me, see. Preserve me, O God. O God, that expression. O God, that is He with whom all things are possible. We've heard that already this morning. Nothing is impossible with God. He was asked, what must we do to be saved? And he said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, even the redemption of a fallen sinner is possible. Yes, he's always loved you. Oh, God, that expresses he who is able to save your soul. Not only does he have the power, power, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto him, power to raise life from death. He did so with Lazarus. He did so with himself. God gave him power, gave him power to lay down his life and to take it up again. He himself said that very thing. But he also has the authority to exercise that power. It's God that has the authority, the ability, and the will to save a soul. As a person, I can will all I want. But without the ability, the strength or power, the knowledge, or the authority, I can't change my position spiritually, can I? I can't. There's a barrier there. There's a great gulf fixed, you see, between mankind in God. Remember in John ten twenty eight. Again, as y'all know, we've been teaching on this chapter. So just remember what it says. Preserve me, O God, verse one of Psalm sixteen. In thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not unto thee. John chapter ten. 27, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Are you following the Lord today? Are you trusting in Him and His Word as being the final authority for the decisions in your life? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. He's always known us. A lot of times... After we're saved, uh, we think the Lord's taking care of me now. The Lord's leading me now. And He is. But the fact is, He has taken care of you even from the time you were conceived and before because He knew you in Adam. He created you in Adam. There again, comprehension of this is kind of difficult for this human mindset. But it's true. He's always known you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
They might follow me if they want to. They might follow me if they decide to, if they think it's a good idea. That is not what he says. They do, they shall, and they do follow me. Why? Because he's called you with authority and power. This touches into a doctrine called irresistible grace. He draws you into himself. Why? Because you had no ability. You had no power. You had no authority to choose him. But praise God, he had all of those things to choose you, including the will, the desire, and he exercised that power, that will, that love toward you. And I give unto them eternal life, verse 28, and they shall never perish. I think I said last week, maybe even the week before, that my desire is for you, yes, to feel secure in your belief of Jesus Christ. But I want you to feel secure in your belief in Jesus Christ because you know that you are. What does the final say? The Word of God, right? What does it say? It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And all this next part of this verse, it is awesome. They shall never perish. We were in a state of perishing, weren't we? Absolutely. All those separated from God are. But He drew us out of that. And He drew us into Himself. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand, for I and my Father are one. Well, I tell you, we have a Savior who has the authority to save. He's had the desire to save you because of the love He's always had for you. Did I say authority? Authority, power, and the will or the desire. All right, back to Psalm 16. In verse 2. Psalm 16, verse 2. I spent a little time on verse 1, didn't I? Oh, my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. What does that mean? Oh, my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. Are you able to say that this morning? To your own soul. To the Lord. Your own soul say to the Lord. Thou art my Lord, my Creator, my God, my Savior. Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. I think I've told this story before when I was a, a kid. Uh, I got my mouth washed out with soap a time or two. That's a real thing, by the way. 
my mama really made me stick out my tongue and she washed out my mouth for so for saying a bad word that I wasn't supposed to say. I'm a little fella now. And I was always thinking of an alternative where I could still express myself but not get soap in my mouth. So I started saying, oh my goodness. And a, a lot of y'all know my daddy very, very well. And he's a stickler when it comes to this book now. And one day, I was in his office with him. Something happened. He said something. I said, oh, my goodness. He said, what? And the way he said what, I immediately stopped and started searching my brain. Oh, man. What did I say now? Because you could tell by the tone of his voice that he wasn't happy with what I just said. And it was so innocent, I thought. He said, I said, uh, oh, my goodness. He goes, who is goodness? I thought, and I knew then, God, <laughs> only God's goodness. He said, well, then you might be taking his name in vain. You might want to at least think about that. I'm like, yes, sir. Oh, my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. Did God look down and say, oh, buddy Burrell there, he's going to be pretty good one of these days. I'm going to choose him to be one of my saints. No, sir. He looked down in time and said, Buddy Burrell's rotten, but I'm going to save him. And he did. He saved my soul. And I did not deserve him, nor would I ever. Oh, my soul has said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. Even when I do good things, he causes me to realize that it's Him doing them through me. Because I'm just a fallen sinner with no ability to do good in and of myself. My goodness extendeth not to thee. When I do something that uh, I deem as pleasing to God, does it add something to Him? Does it add something to Him? No. No, God would have been fine without us, wouldn't He? But He loved us. And He created us for His own purpose. Verse 3, Psalm 16, 3. But to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Now this is another one of those times when David... Uh, even though he may be talking about himself, he's talking about the Lord Jesus. But to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. So, that word excellent right there is a deer. And I may not be pronouncing that right, but a deer is the word used for excellent. And when you look that up, you see that it means powerful, glorious, worthy, among several other things. So who's he talking about? 
he knows that's not true of himself, doesn't he? But to the saints that are in the earth and to the one who is powerful, worthy, and glorious, in whom is all my delight. Where is your delight today? Oh, I hope it's in Jesus Christ. The one with all power, all glory, who alone was worthy to be cursed for you. He lived a perfect life for you because you couldn't, you haven't, you didn't. But He did. And He did it on purpose and He did it on purpose for you. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer nor take up their names into my lips. That word drink offerings there, the word for drink offerings is nasek. When you look that up, you'll see that one of the meanings of it is a cast idol. A cast idol. When Moses was up on the mountain and his brother took the gold and he made a graven image. Remember that? A calf. That might have been all right except that they worshipped the thing. And they said, this calf has brought us out of Egypt. This calf has provided us everything we need. He cast that gold into an image to worship. I see in our lives a lot of times we do that with other desires of the world. We form these things. That's what they do when they cast. Uh, they make a mold. They pour gold into it. In our minds, I think, sometimes we form things to worship. It could be movie stars. It could be ball players. It could be fishing tournaments. It could be almost anything. And somehow in our fallen thinking, we think, this is bringing me happiness. This is saving me. This is helping me along in life. But eventually we realize it's not. I was happy with this hobby, real happy for a little while. And then I just burn out on it. It's not as much fun as it was anymore. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer nor take up their names into my lips. It's important for us to keep ourselves separated from a lot of things in this world, isn't it? It is. Uh, sometimes we falsely think, I'm stronger than that. I'm not letting that influence me. And we look back a little later and we go, man, it did. I actually repeated what somebody said that I didn't like or agree with. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. 
We've got a great inheritance on it. Our lot in life is eternal. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. That word for cup there is kos or kose. I'm not sure exactly how you say it. But when you look that up, you see that the root word used there means to hold together. To hold together. What happens in the morning when I pour hot coffee in my cup? It don't run all over the floor. Right? It's held together. Our life in Jesus Christ is held together by Him, isn't it? The Lord is the portion of my inheritance. We've inherited Him, haven't we? The Lord is the portion of my cup and thou maintainest my lot. You see the security of God's children in this? He's holding our lives together. He has our inheritance eternal in His hands. I said a week or two ago, well, I read where our names are written in His hands. And again I say, I don't know that our... Names are spelled out on his hands. But it may be that when he sees the holes where he was nailed to a cross for me, that he thinks of me, he sees me there. Oh, and he's presented that sacrifice to God the Father and it's been accepted for you. What a Savior. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The lines are fallen unto me. That actually is like a line, a rope. The word there is K-bell. When you look it up, you see that it means measuring line. A measuring line. Remember, it's He who stretched the line for the stars to be in their place and the sun and the moon and the earth to exist in its designated place so that we don't freeze or burn up because of the distance from the sun. God has stretched the line for your life too. And when we follow Him and use His Word as the final authority for the way we think for the way we trust for he in whom we trust we're walking that line that he's laid out for us you see he's in control what a marvelous thing if you know that this morning god is in control you can rest no matter what you go through how much pain you endure and we do And praise God, He allows us to learn from these things. And the number one lesson in these trials in life, I believe, is the necessity of our total dependence on Him. Won't you trust in Him this morning with all your heart and all your soul? He's your Savior. He's in control of your life. He really is. He has saved you and put His Spirit... Within you, He leads, guides, and directs you. He brought you here this morning. 
to hear this song. He is a great Savior, isn't he?